thank you for joining us. Um, well, I say us, me, um, and coming on to Metalheads podcast. Um, oh my how gosh, are yeah. how are you? I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really honestly just I'm so flattered whenever somebody asks me to do something like this because I'm just a person on the internet who talks about metal. <laughs> but I really truly appreciate it. You've had some amazing guests on here, so I'm I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I mean, I know the feeling like. The, the the couple of times I've been guests on uh, someone else's podcast I'm like really what am yeah. I going to talk about like I wang on about tech death. like what, what am I going to talk about but yeah thank you for joining me and basically for those who don't know who you are um could you give us a little explanation of who you are and how you're involved in like the online metal scene yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Hope. I am based in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, um, also known as at Space Wanderers on Twitter or X, if you're one of those dorks who call it X now. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm just somebody who really enjoys talking about metal. Um, ultimately, I do some writing here and there, like album reviews and stuff with No Clean Singing, which has been so fun and such an honor. Um, I've also worked with a local, um, well, the Covenant Circle, who's like a collective of um, musicians here in Canada. And so I was able to help out with the um, Covenant Festival this year and covering some of the bands and doing interviews with them and stuff like that. So I try to stay as involved in, as possible in my local scene. And that definitely bleeds over into online stuff as well. That's awesome. Congratulations to that. Um yeah, I've I've been following you on Twitter for a while now, and I think we we have similar tastes. Sometimes you're mm -hmm. more in, you're more into like black metal stuff. I'm more into my death metal stuff. But I think a lot of our stuff crosses over sometimes, and the interactions we have with certain people, um, yeah, <laughs> pretending to be women, but we won't go there. Um, they don't deserve <laughs> they don't deserve more time. <laughs> oh man, that was. The classic classic um, twitter yeah so bad and um i would also want to say congratulations on your engagement i know it's been a while but i haven't talked to you in person so i'd like to say congratulations thank you so much yeah it's been just about four months now so yeah um, next starts the long process of figuring out um how we're going to make our uh, relationship work as far as like where we're going to live considering we're in different countries and immigration and all that good stuff so we're working on that as we speak but yeah thank you it's exciting yeah tell us a little about a little bit about Ryan yeah so um well Ryan's great he's <laughs> he's also obviously you know heavily involved um in in metal and the music scene um has his own label Mythic Ironworks which is great um, and he's just generally a metal encyclopedia. So that was how we connected to begin with was through music. And that's been very much a recurring theme throughout our relationship is music. And I'm just really grateful that we have something that we kind of speak the same language on that we both feel so deeply about. Um, that's something that has really, I would say, strengthened our relationship and has just kind of been the through line um, throughout it for the last like two and a half years or so that we've been together. So um, yeah, he's American. I'm Canadian. So it's um, distance is a challenge. Long distance is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, but we're we're making it work. We're doing our best. I love it because like whenever you post like, oh, I'm flying out. I'm like, yay. They're gonna be <laughs> <each other." laughs> 
<laughs> like I don't even know her but I'm so happy <laughs> thank you yeah it does it feels like a, a triumph every time <laughs> yeah I can imagine I've, I've I've been in a long distance relationship before and it sucks oh it's hard right but yeah. the time you do have together you don't like argue about small shit because you know you so true. most of it so there's none of that like oh who's emptying the dishwasher like kind of shit yes. it's just love <laughs> and and fun and happiness so that's yeah. yeah that's a good point definitely I love that so yeah today I just wanted to talk about um you're pretty active on your feminism stuff on Twitter and I just wanted to talk about basically what it's like being female in the metal scene and your experiences your opinions you know yeah. in like at concerts online all that kind of stuff um because I think there's becoming more of a female demographic in the metal scene but I think it can be improved a lot mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, metal itself is kind of a subculture that in many ways represents individualization, Um, but it's often characterized by male dominance and hypermasculinity. And like most things, I think it becomes greatly exaggerated on the internet, you know, kind of distilled on the internet, um, which isn't to say that there isn't problems in like the real life metal scene, because there is, and we can definitely talk about some of those things. Um, But yeah, I I feel that women are in general subjected to either like hypersexuality or um, ostracization, not just women, but like any marginalized group of people, whether it's people of color or anyone who doesn't conform to the gender binary, um, you know, it kind of enforces a a patriarchal subculture. Um, And so a lot of the times women, um, I'll I'll just refer to women because that's like what we're talking about here, but of course, generally marginalized people experience this. Um, Women kind of feel the need to assert themselves to kind of gain acceptance and achieve acceptance. And you feel like you have to really know what you're talking about or you'll be considered a poser, you know, prove your authenticity. Um, And so, yeah, that's definitely something that is prevalent. And I think that there's also kind of a tendency among metalheads to like pretend like it doesn't happen or to deny the discrimination of women, even when presented with like, very sexist lyrics or bands that like are entirely um upheld by talking about violence against women and things like that so um it is a problem and it it does us it does us no good not to talk about it so I'm definitely happy to open that conversation oh for sure I mean I'm in my personal experience I would say the majority of it online has been okay positive (laughs) however I still get that sort of vibe of like whenever I post uh, an album recommendation or I'll I'll just be talking about anything metal related and I get that kind of attitude from guys of like, oh, well done, aren't you good? Right. right? Oh, you're so clever listening to big scary metal. Aren't you good? <laughs> right. And I, I get that vibe and it fucks me off. But I get so annoyed and I'm not the kind of person to sit and like argue with people on the internet unless I really think it's going to do something but I really I really have to hold my tongue sometimes um yeah yeah and I I, I do think it's a conversation he's having and like you said people separating the artists from you know it's like oh they like this band who talks about raping women or whatever but but I would never do it so it's okay like it's not an issue because I would never do that 
but I'm happily going to promote and support this band who clearly doesn't give a fuck. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I get that, you know, to a degree, metal and entertainment in general, whether it's movies or, you know, whatever form of entertainment that you want, um, can talk about or glorify things that are uncomfortable. And, and I'm a proponent of that. I think that it's okay to have art that kind of makes you confront how you feel about certain things. Yeah. Um, but when it's, when it's perpetuating um, very real problems like um, violence against women, you know, for instance, I think that's something that is really kind of a slippery slope. And I think it's just not fair to say that that's something that women don't experience um, in the metal metal subculture in general. Yeah. Have you ever had any negative experiences based on your gender uh, in like a real life situation, concerts, festivals or whatever? Yeah, I have for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I can think of two, three instances that were pretty rough. Um, you know, uh, there, there's little things. Well, I, I wouldn't, I really shouldn't say little things, but like there was a situation a few years ago where I had the opportunity to hang out backstage with um, Immolation and Imperial Triumphant after a show because I had a friend who was touring with them. Nice. And yeah, and it was really exciting. And, you know, I had a great time and was so grateful for the opportunity. Immolation, by the way, are probably the nicest guys in death metal, like period. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, just so friendly. And um, anyway, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, like one of my best friends after was basically asking me like, so who'd you have to fuck to make that happen? You know, like, instead yeah. of just assuming that because I care about what I do and because I have connections, you know, that, 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 that that was where it came from um so things like that but I have also been you know I don't want to get into details but I have been like sexually assaulted and groped at shows and stuff like that and um you know had something slipped into my drink a few times and that's something that it does happen and I think that people just kind of turn a blind eye to it but I'm sure that all of us who attend shows regularly have seen women get touched uncomfortably, whether they're, you know, crowd surfing or in the mosh pit or something like that. And it's just an unfortunate reality of, of being in a male dominated space. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry you've had that happen to you, by the way. Um, that's not okay. But yeah, I think it's quite common, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I, I was in a mosh pit when I was 19 and someone ripped my shirt off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, and obviously as a 19 year old, I'm like, fuck, you know, you're standing in the mosh pit surrounded by big, scary men. Right. And like, yeah. you have no shirt on and I've never felt more vulnerable in my entire life. Like it was awful. Um, and I just left, you know, I just, yeah. just went home, but, um, oh, so sorry. I don't know if the guy meant to do it or if he was just like, but I just I didn't really stay around to find out so I, I just I, I literally like ran away but it is um it was really scary and I've never been in the mosh pit since and I'm 30, oh, wow. I'm 31 years old like yeah it really uh it kind of shook me a little bit oh definitely yeah no I got that and, and I, again I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that um but you're right like it, it definitely has a tendency to um push push women and and marginalized people away from wanting to experience the subculture in its entirety because of experiences like that so Mm. I hear it 
and I, again I've been backstage at shows either for work or either because I just I know someone in the band and we just hang out like especially if they're coming here to Copenhagen like um, we will hang out and I get to come backstage and again it's that thing of like oh who, whose dick did you have to suck to get backstage and it's right like, <laughs> or it's... or it could be that I do this for a job exactly yeah or it can't just be enough that you know you you work hard and you have the connections or you're just a nice person you know you know it's not I mean it's you know I I know someone in the band or you know I'm doing it for work like it has to be something sexual obviously because I'm a woman right exactly I I really I get so tired of that it's um it's not good yeah it's interesting I think that there's some assumptions that like women who listen to metal are doing it to like lure male attention mm. or they're like they have to be sexually involved with some guy um it can't just be enough that they that they enjoy it so yeah that's the thing and even I won't say the bands that I was hanging out with but the last time I went backstage at a concert they were really friendly like none of them <laughs> were creepy or anything really cool guys but there was that sort of like, I kind of got left out of the conversation a bit, even though we were sitting talking. Mm. I was the only woman there and I was sitting drinking beer with them and we were, they were talking about, I can't remember, like Slayer or something. And and they weren't like including me in the conversation as if they're just assuming like I don't have much to say. Yeah. Because I'm female. And, you know, I really had to like push myself into the conversation. And it just kind of felt a bit, it gets to a point where it feels a bit awkward because I feel like I'm like overcompensating. So totally, totally. yeah. Just no, not, I got exactly what you mean. It's not uh, it's not nice. I think in like twenty twenty three. Come on, like I should be able to sit with men and talk about something without feeling like I shouldn't be there or that I'm. Yeah. I should just sort of sit and watch. <laughs> yeah exactly and again like because it's such a a male dominated subculture men just kind of naturally assume membership to the in-group um whereas like there's kind of a a quote-unquote like metal girl stereotype which is like you know sexual promiscuity sex drugs and rock and roll which kind of which leads men to invalidate you and hypersexualize women who listen to metal we're just kind of used as like sex symbols to promote the male agenda and uphold the patriarchy instead of just being somebody who happens to enjoy that music and it's it might be getting better slowly but surely but I think that to deny the existence of it is just like you have to be blind you know absolutely so how how do you think that can be improved in the metal scene first and foremost I think that men have to be allies for women you know, I think that it's important for men to talk about it, talk about sexism in the community, mm-hmm. include women and in those marginalized voices, um, in those discussions, um, and not just cisgender white women like myself, but like trans people who experience like truly horrific um, discrimination in the scene as well. So, you know, men hold a great deal of responsibility when it comes to opening up that conversation. Um, And also just being willing to listen to women who have a voice in this community, such as yourself, you know, me from time to time. um, There's lots of lots of women in journalism who, like, I really admire um, Dina Weinstein, Kim Kelly, 
um, Donna Gaines, Sarah Vincent, like there's, there's plenty of them. So really just being willing to uphold those voices and hear what they have to say and not just immediately write them off as being invalid because of their gender. I also feel like, I don't know if it's the same view, but I have a lot of male friends because I, I like male. So a lot of my friends are male male heads and, you know, whenever I sort of bring the topic up of, you know, I'll mention the thing about having my shirt ripped off. They just, they, they don't know what to say. Like, yeah. they have, like, it's really difficult for them. Like, they're never like, oh, fuck, that's horrible. I'm so sorry. Or, you know, what, you know, what happened? They're like, what did you, what, you know, they don't ask about it. It's just sort of like a, oh, well, that right. sucks. And then or it's a joke. Yeah, or they're like, huh, lol. And I'm like, yeah. no, not really. But, you know, it's, um, I think it's, and even though they're lovely people, they're still, I think they have this sort of view of like, oh, that's kind of a rare occurrence. So we don't really have an opinion on that. We don't really know what to say. But I think, like you said, they have, a men have, especially in the metal community, they, it is a male dominated thing and they have the responsibility to, to open their fucking eyes and just be like, okay, this is happening. Um, Not just for women, but like you said, also other minorities in the scene. And it needs to fucking change. Yeah. I think that if more men felt comfortable asking women in their life about what negative experiences that they've had, like they, their eyes would be opened a lot. It's not just a one-off. Every single woman that I know has had some experience or another that's made them uncomfortable. And especially so for women who are into the extreme side of heavy metal. So, you know, being willing to have those conversations and not just head in the sand and pretend like it's not not happening is so, so important. And I think that there's also a large brunt of responsibility um, for uh, labels, blogs, things like that to not only to talk about it, but also just to have women on your team. Like, how hard is it to have, you know, a talented female writer right for your website like there's so many of us out there who would love the opportunity that just don't get to and so I think that a a huge weight of responsibility also goes to to labels and PR companies and you know kudos to um, Refining Darkness for for having someone like yourself on there as well and I think that's it it goes to show a lot about their character and what they they value to be important to them yeah thank you I mean I mean the guy who owns it, Tommy, he's he's genuinely one of the nicest men I've ever met. And he's super, like, I've never met anyone more in love with his wife than him. <laughs> and he's genuinely, like, he's such a family guy and he's got a daughter and he's really conscious about um, integrating, like, women in the scene and, you know, yeah. getting women with um, bands with female members, not necessarily female-fronted, but, you know, mm-hmm. in general also on his other label seeing red records um I do work for them as well and you know with there's loads of you know we have bands with transgender members like we he's really conscious of that kind of shit um yeah which is really nice so it's very I, yeah it is and you know I think it's not just about the bands it's also about like you said PR companies and the journalists and you know there's so many like just on metal Twitter alone, that uh, females like yourself and and 
we have other people doing like YouTube channels and there's PR companies run by women and I love it because I just there's just that representation and it kind of makes it feel a little bit more safe in a way yeah and definitely yeah and I think that you know for women um who feel like maybe they're kind of like a second class participant or like a bystander in um in the metal scene like it's important to remember that your opinions are valid the way that you enjoy music is valid the way that you talk about it and compare and you know share music is valid like you're no less valid for listening to this type of music than a man is um and so like be willing to take up space talk about it you know don't shy away from it because you're afraid about the opinions of of men you know we we need to push our way in there sometimes and that's okay they can handle it yeah they're big boys they can deal with it exactly (laughs) that's what I've learned is like I don't give a fuck (laughs) I, yeah. I have my views I post the music I like in the way I like um and that's just if they you know I've, I generally get good feedback and just positivity and niceness but okay. ones who don't like it well fuck yeah. yourself I don't care <laughs> exactly fuck them <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to ask what got you into extreme metal in the first place Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, So I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, So naturally, being raised in a very fundamentalist Christian environment, like heavier music was not really something that I was privy to. Um, But I discovered my favorite band when I was, well, my favorite band at the time when I was 10. Um, It was really funny because I was listening to... um, Doc, the metal heart surgeon, um, his podcast with you the other day. And he was talking about how his, the first CD that he bought was Green Day's Dookie and same. So Green Day was my kind of introduction into, into like the heavier subculture of music, not that it's metal or metal adjacent, but that's where I started at a very young age, Mm -hmm. kind of hid that from my parents again, just being the way that I was raised. And then a few years later, um, when I was 14, I started to teach myself to play guitar and some of the easier or some of the more fun tabs that I learned um, were Metallica songs. And so that was kind of my introduction was like early Metallica, a um, little bit of Slayer, you know, some Pantera for better or for worse. <laughs> um, and I just kind of slowly got into it from there. And then about seven or eight years ago, um, I was dating a guy at the time who was heavily into black metal um, and he's still involved in the local scene here. Great guy. And um, he sent me a Gorgoroth album and Mm -hmm. I remember listening to it and and like listening to um, Infernus's riffs and thinking like, you can do this. Like I was just mind blown and um, Pess vocals. um, He's still one of my favorite black metal vocalists, um, Hot as well, but Pest at the time just like really blew me away and just kind of um, hearing music expressed um so darkly and and at that time in my life I had just been I was like leaving the religion that I grew up in and so attaching myself to something that was very blasphemous was very attractive to me (laughs) so yeah so I kind of like took it and ran you know and it's just been nonstop from there I have a very addictive personality I'm the type of person who like it's not enough for me to like watch a movie I'll have to sit down and read every Wikipedia article associated to it after 
So that's how I am with music too. Like I'm very thorough. Metal Archives is bookmarked on my phone and I'm just constantly looking at it throughout the day. So um, I'm always, always learning. That's amazing. You're an actual nerd. I love that. I am. <laughs> I'm such it's a nerd. It's the only way to be. I love it. It's, yeah, it's fun. Like when you really love something and for me, it doesn't take the joy out of it. Like I've got a spreadsheet in front of me right now with my um, albums that I've listened to that were released in 2023. And, you know, some people might kind of scoff at that, but for me, like, that's just how my relationship with music and it doesn't take away from the way that I enjoy something. It's just something that I'm really nerdy and passionate about, you know? <laughs> I think that's great. Like I'm a nerd as well. I've got spreadsheets and, you know, Love when it. I do my album of the year, like I have a running spreadsheet that I go in and like edit throughout the year. So perfect there you I go think, I think a lot of people are actually um yeah, yeah exactly it's kind of funny I think that metal tends to attract people who take this kind of thing very very seriously mm. in comparison to other genres so it's nice to know you're the same <laughs> absolutely and whenever I speak to people I'm like yeah I've got a spreadsheet they're like oh, me too I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> you're my people <laughs> I love it it's so great yeah, so I I wanted to ask you about that because I remember you I remember a tweet you posted about being raised as a Jehovah's Witness and um, mm-hmm. so I, I thought to myself like, how does someone who's raised in that environment then get into metal music? But you're not you're not the first person who I've interviewed or been spoken to who was raised in that uh, religion who's then oh, gone to become either a fan or a musician um, of extreme metal. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is kind of uh, our own little rebellion, if you will. <laughs> I love that because you've got groups like you who are just rebelling against that kind of environment. And then there's people like me who are like, I grew up with it. Like my parents are both metalheads. So I've had it from day one. Um, oh, cool. Like it just, they used to play me motorhead as a baby to get me to sleep. You know, it's Aww. like, I've <laughs> literally that. had it from day one and it's just, it feels natural to me. And, and so you're a mom um how how do you associate that with with your relationship with your kids now are they into metal as well they have no choice it's my house (laughs) no they I mean obviously as much as I love metal my kids are two and five so I have to be respectful of the fact that I can't be blasting Mm -hmm. them with tech death because they're two and five but my five-year-old he's really into like he likes Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and oh, cool. sort of like heavy metal he 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 likes it and he dances around it my little one does too um my heavier stuff it, it's all right my oldest he's like mom it's noisy I'm like, all right. oh. <laughs> he'll learn he'll learn <laughs> he will then he has no choice um <laughs> but I would say they're very open to it because their dad he he doesn't like the extreme stuff that I like but he's into like rock and stuff as well so he get they get it at both houses so um, yeah it'll come they'll learn yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but Um, I I have fond memories of like growing up with music and I really want that to be a part of my kids upbringing as well whether it's metal or not I just want them to have a good relationship with music in general like whatever they find that calms them or makes them happy whether it's jazz or metal or fucking k-pop whatever I'm I'm okay with it as long as it's you know, they have a good relationship with it. I think it's important. Yeah, music is something that, like, it really is the only thing that unites everybody, 
no matter what background you're from. So Absolutely. I'm sure that they'll find their way, but it definitely helps to have a little bit of a push. <laughs> definitely. And and obviously their grandparents are metalheads as well. So I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Oh, that's great. It's so fun. <laughs> it's Generations great. of metalheads. Absolutely. <laughs> so I play a little game with all my guests. And if you it sounds yes. like you've listened to some of my episodes, so you know what the game is. I do. Gift or curse? You also know that I have a recurring question. I'm very interested to hear your answer to that. But we'll get to that. Love it. Gift or curse? You, you're you familiar with the rules, but if anyone listening, I will literally, I'm going to ask Hope five things one at a time, and she has to tell me whether she thinks that thing is a gift for the world or a curse upon the world. It's very simple. <laughs> um, So we'll start off with number one which is outdoor festivals, gift or curse? Um, I'm a fan. I, I would say gift, um, as long as the weather's good, which I've, I've never had the unfortunate experience of attending a metal fest without great weather. Um, but some of the best memories that I have are at outdoor fests, like Hell's Heroes this year, mm-hmm. seeing Pig and Altar with the Texas sun slowly coming down. It was just magic, absolutely magic. So I'm a fan. I just don't love huge crowds. Like I could never picture myself going to like walk in, mm. um, you know, things like that. Um, as prolific and as cool as they are to experience, I I'm uh, I like my creature comforts. So provided that there's creature comforts around, I'm gonna have a good time. So overall, I would say gift. Cool. See, you're not as much of a princess as I am. <laughs> are you a curse fuck yeah like the idea of being muddy and dirty and surrounded by drunk people and yeah there's no like sanitation like, I can't just have a shower like that in itself I can't yeah. and then the fact that I have to sleep in a tent fuck no you could not yeah, pay see, me that's... I'm with you there that's the kind of thing that I I can't I I feel like I might be able to do it, you know, for like two days or something like that. But a three day fast, I just I don't know about it. Like I, I can do that. one day because then I can go home and sleep in an actual bed and have a shower. Right. I'm not doing multiple days getting sunburnt and like pissing in a bucket. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just really um, and everyone tries to convince me, ah, oh, but festivals are good value for money because there's all the bands and you just like. Yeah, but it's dirty. <laughs> and oh, my friend's like, oh, you're such a fucking princess. I'm like, well. <laughs> no, I think it's just, you know, certain certain fests just aren't for me. Like I said, walk-in is definitely one of those fests. Like, I, I can't imagine how crazy that crowd smells on day three. <laughs> I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, just thought of it. So yeah, but I you make it sound very romantic the ones you've been to, and I love that you've had those good experiences. I've been lucky. <laughs> yeah, you've not been to a British festival where it just rains for four days and everyone's just drowning in mud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that might change my mind. <laughs> okay, so number two, pumpkin spice, and I'm gonna I'm not I'm not I'm not narrowing it down to just the coffee. I mean the just the trend of any Uh, orange becomes pumpkin spice in the month of October gift or curse I'm I'm a I'm a basic white bitch I'm 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 gift I like I love pumpkin spice (laughs) I don't love all of it 
Um, but I'll take, you know, a good pumpkin spice muffin or a scone, or occasionally I'll do a pumpkin spice latte. I'm all about that. Like first day of fall, bring it on. But I'm usually just one of those (laughs) (laughs) But I'm usually one of those people where like I'll get it out of my system, you know, for like the first week of fall and then I'm good. Then I can move on and go back to normal things. I'm not like obsessed, but you know, I'm I'm not opposed. (laughs) What about you? Um, I would say it's the biggest curse on this planet. <laughs> oh man, what about I, it? Is it the flavor? Or? It's because I remember being well. I was at university, so I was between eighteen and twenty-one, right? And that's when pumpkin spice first started to get popular. And I remember going to Starbucks and being like, "Oh, I need to try this because everyone's like hyping about it, so it must be delicious." Yeah, and I spat it out. I was like, my coffee oh. tastes like soap. What the fuck? I've never been more disappointed. <laughs> and from that day, I've just been so anti-pumpkin spice because I associate it with disappointment. <laughs> and then this trend of like, oh, pumpkin spice candles and now orange things are like suddenly yeah. pumpkin spice. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I personally don't understand it. But I get that it's popular, so yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it's definitely definitely taken the world over. <laughs> it has. Talking of taking the world over, number three, Crocs, gift or curse? <laughs> so I don't own any, um, but this year, the first time in my life, I was actually considering, like, do I do I maybe want some platform Crocs? They look kind of fun. They do. They have platform Crocs and they, they look comfortable and they don't they don't look like what you think of as normal Crocs with like, you know, the holes and all that. Um, but I, I didn't pull the trigger. So I'm going to go with curse. I think that um, I think as a whole, they're kind of ugly. I respect going for comfort, but I think that there are ways that you can do comfort without looking like you're wearing recycled tires on your feet. You know what I mean? Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. I mean, I was speaking to um Alex from Undeath about this. He's a big advocate of Crocs. Is and he? <laughs> that they even have merch with like a croc on their shirt and like skulls and shit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's because, and he said to me, you know, when you're traveling and touring around for six weeks with a bunch of sweaty dudes, yeah, like if you're all wearing like boots or trainers, that starts to smell. So he says it's mainly for functional reasons that we wear Crocs. And I was like. Oh, okay that that I understand that that does make sense that I mean makes sense. but as a yeah. fashion statement I've never really understood them right yeah that's that's how I feel too the functionality I totally get you yeah, know especially like you were saying like you know smelly feet and boots and stuff like I don't my combat boots I would not wish my worst enemy to put their face in them you know um <laughs> I get it especially touring but yeah as a as a fashion statement um no cursed big time so the platform ones like how how I don't know how tall you are but how tall are the platform ones I think they're maybe I don't know maybe three inches or so trying to think of what that would be in 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 centimeters because I even though I'm Canadian we still use inches for whatever reason I was brought up on inches and feet so I know okay yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're probably about three inches. They're nothing too crazy, um, which is great because I I'm very clumsy and I tend to fall wearing high heels <laughs> and anything. How tall black. are you? I'm five five. 
Okay. That's tall. Yeah. What about you? I'm 5'11". So. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah you're Yeah. So I don't wear platform stuff because I'm taller than most men anyway. So <laughs> Own it, though. My sister is very tall as well. She's just under 5'10", and, and she's learned to really, like, come into her height, and it intimidates men, and she loves it. <laughs> I, do you know what? I turned up on a... I went on a date, and um, he knew I was tall. Yeah, I turn up and I'm like all in my metal shit, and I've got like these big boots on, and like I've got all this like makeup on and stuff. And he just, like, he he's luckily he's a metal head as well, and he just looked at me and he just went, "Holy fuck!" And I was like, "Hello!" And he's like, I don't think he realized. Like I said, I was tall, but I think when men hear women say they're tall, they're like, "Ah, she's like five seven, five eight. Something. Right. But I turn up and in my boots, I'm like six two, right? So he was like, shocked. <laughs> in a nice in a good way luckily but I get what your sister does like it can be intimidating I I, I get that but you just have to own it I guess because I can't change it exactly (laughs) I love that um number four on my list is I I saw an Instagram reel yesterday I can't remember which page it was but it was a woman talking about the fact that she went around she spent an an entire day you know when people say like female DJ or a female pilot or female oh. this and that, she spent the whole day walking around saying, "Oh, I'm going to see a male um, chiropractor today. I went to see my male um, bank advisor." You know, and she said the yeah. reactions she got is like people thought she was crazy. So number four is using that female prefix, gift or curse. Yeah, definitely, definitely cursed. I'm not a fan of that at all. I think that it just kind of perpetuates the separatism that we see with men and women, especially when it comes to like, you know, metal subcultures, like female fronted. Mm, I hate uh, that. Things like that. Yeah, really, truly not a fan. No. Um, and I think that there's, you know, a lot to be said about like, celebrating women in in metal and in, in various subcultures um, and subgenres. But I think that purposely separating like that only solves to perpetuate it and it says nothing about the music itself Mm. um which is really what we're all here for anyway so yeah I'm I'm not a fan I don't think that needs to be said ever really no I I agree and I get that if you're trying to maybe draw attention to the fact that you have a band with a female member that you might I don't know like female fronted as a term I kind of get it but using yeah. it as its own little subgenre of music I don't I don't um I don't agree with that yeah it's complicated it's yeah. one of those things that's complicated but I think that um as a whole I'm going with cursed yeah I, I would have to agree so number five and you know everyone knows what this question is and I'm always <laughs> very interested in the female opinions on this because they differ very much to the male opinions Flavored condoms, gift or curse? Um, I've <laughs> man, how yeah. much do I want to say on the internet? Um, I've never, never participated in in the usage of flavor condoms. Um, so I can't say whether or not um I'm for or against them in that regard. But I, <laughs> I personally don't enjoy the act of oral sex with a condom whether it's flavored or not so um 
you know, I, and that's not to say that people out there shouldn't use protection, use protection if that's what you need to do. Um, but that's just not usually my vibe. So, um, gosh. Do you know what? I'm right there with you. Whatever you're saying, you? I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I, think, fuck. <laughs> I think people should do what they want to do. And if flavored condoms makes them happy, then go ahead and do it. But I'm just saying whipped cream is probably going to be tastier and more fun anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're so right. See, this is why I like getting female opinions on this. Because you know what? I've had more male guests than female. And men are always like, oh, gift. That's so funny. I'm like, really? And they're like, well, yeah, I'm not the one sucking it. And I'm like, dude. Exactly. <laughs> could you be any more stereotypical right now? But yeah, all right. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. See, like if it if it tasted good, but usually a lot of those synthetic flavors don't taste great anyway. And latex is not generally something that I like, like in my mouth. Nope. So I can't see it being a great time. <laughs> I I have to agree with you. Yeah. I mean so and some of the flavors you can buy like, I get the fruit flavored ones that makes mm-hmm. sense to me if you're going to use it then like strawberry yeah cool but some of like you can get bacon flavored ones and oh no can you imagine no I would walk out <laughs> I'd punch him in the dick I would absolutely I would put my clothes back on punch him in the dick and walk out yeah, That's- I'm gone like, don't bring that shit out. Like, Jesus Christ. The only, I'm going to say novelty condom that I can get behind. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I meant, like, that I think is a good idea. I should rephrase that. <laughs> um, uh, Glow-in-the-dark ones. Oh, that's fun. Exactly. That could be fun. And the way they advertised it, they had this marketing scheme with like Star Wars and they had like two guys and they used their dicks as lightsabers, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was really fun. But yeah, the flavor thing, I, I have to agree with you. I've I've never tried it and I don't want to. Yeah. I like I like the idea of glow in the dark though. Like you can get different colors and pretend yeah. that your dick is a lightsaber or something exactly. like that. Yeah. that's fun (laughs) well thank you very much for joining me it's been a pleasure talking to you oh Faye thank you so much for having me I really really appreciate it it uh it was a blast thank you so much it was and thank you for your advice on whipped cream I hope everyone remembers that please do (laughs) just make sure you wash after because nobody wants a UTI